You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. The Trek Files, Season 8, Episode 4. Fan Letter to Gene Roddenberry, October 25th, 1971. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Welcome back, Star Trek fans. Hey, all you Star Trek historians, you canonistas, I say that lovingly. Hey, even you tech heads out there. I mean, everybody, all you Trekophiles spelled with an F. We're going to be taking a broad look across the ages. Yes. Um, <laughs> take a look at this week's document uh, and you'll see what I mean. It's about the generations. And no, I don't mean the movie. I mean the people who have been Star Trek fans over the decades. So look, as always, uh, or if you're new to the Trek Files, welcome. Here's what we do. Take a look at our document posted for this week. It's our springboard for our conversation with our guest. It's right there at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. We give you a document every week. Hey, it's the only podcast with homework. But hang right here with us. We're going to take a little audio sampler of that document, and then I'll be right back. created a program called Star Trek, and everyone applauded you. Mr. Roddenberry, I also applaud you. I am but one small late voice who has watched Star Trek reruns, read all the Star Trek paperbacks I get my hands on, and now here I am writing to you only hoping that your eyes will read the sentiments of one person, one insignificant individual who reached a crisis in her life and through the inspiration of your series, saw the light. Wow, Trekophile spelled with an F. Uh, this is some. This is some letter. What's great about this letter uh, from young Miss Sablin is that we've got a reply from Gene to go with it. But yes, Gene brings up the idea of the communication gap and the generation gap, and those were very trendy terms in the late '60s and early '70s. But um, I don't know. There are times when I feel like we've come full circle, as we have in so many, so many aspects of life today. So. On this week's Trek Files, I looked out, you know, we don't have a lot of, um, we have a lot of industry folks and veterans and people who are personally associated with some of the subjects of our letters, but when we talk about uh, all these different aspects of the audience of Star Trek and the makers, I wanted to talk about this and I want to talk about it with a new friend of ours who you know from the podcast sphere. Hey, she is the co-founder as well as a co-host of the Sci-Fi Sisters, Fran Taylor. It is so great to welcome you to the Trek Files and thanks for joining us. And thank you for having me here. It's an honor. Well, I don't want to put anybody into little boxes. So I hope you weren't offended when I said we're talking about generations of fans. But I know one of the things you bring to the sisters is um, a broad view as far as you're kind of representing the long view of fandom and Star Trek. That's a, that's a very nice, polite way of saying you've been a fan for a while. An original Trekkie from 1966. I was 11 years old. See, you beat me. Yeah. I'm just a rerun baby, but you were there. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> and as, uh, as a woman of color and as a longtime fan, I just love the way you're representing so many aspects that we all have. You know, everybody came to Star Trek in a different way and in a different era. And these are interesting times. We've got Star Trek back in full production. Uh, there's a lot of there. There's parts you, people might think of as old Star Trek, but then there's uh, that's just... 
that's just evergreen, you know, and attitudes. But people, we're all a product of the generation we grew up in. So what you read this letter from this this um, young lady. She's thanking Jean like so many people did. Uh, she's talking about getting getting it through a rough spot, um, both personally and also in her world. You know, she's one of those that gets depressed. For, Stop me if you've heard this in 2022. But she's somebody who's, you know, a little down about what's going on in the world. And he writes about, but what comes up for you when you read this? The 70s, period. The 70s and, and the optimism, optimistic that the young folks, we as young folks had back then. And to see something like Star Trek, the future looked much brighter than what we were in, especially the wars and stuff going on. That's what it brought back. She was so optimistic and she looked like, you know, wide-eyed and, and just loved what he did and what he was doing. She got him in the repeat, but it was like, okay, there's no war, there's no poverty, you know, all the things that were going on, oh, still going on now, but all the things that were at the forefront, mostly back in the 70s, and the young folks were rebelling against it. They wanted a different world. That's what I saw in that in, in, in that letter. And I, I thought it was just really great. It, it's, it, it was just it was just the seventies area. Yeah. Well, now this letter and his reply are from 1971, so in Star Trek timeline history, it's the show has been canceled. It's been off a couple of years, but he's not yet caught. And, and there are some murmurings about maybe a show or a movie come back or something. Uh, even the animated had first been pitched before this, but we're a couple of years from all that big movie revival talk and even the animated series. We're a couple of years away from that before we got into the whole dance of the 70s about, remember the comeback and all of that? And yeah. it's on, it's off. And this is right when it, he's not needing to protect the news or even think about it. And he's also kind of still in the mode of, well, I had this big show, it's, it was a big hit, but I'm a producer and you don't live on what you did before. You've got to go out and, and, and pitch and you've got to go out and create new titles. You can't, you can't be a one-trick pony and live on your old, thing, your old titles forever. So he's pitching his PAX movies in through here. Pretty Maids all in a row, his movie. Um, so he's not really having to shine on anything. He can just talk to her and actually have the time to write her a brief letter you know, and not have Susan Sackett write a reply letter. So it's really kind of an interesting time. And he's really being honest. What struck me about this is thinking about today versus then. I think a lot of fans who've come along, even in the 90s, in the aughts and now, they say, yeah, 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 60s, Vietnam, Watergate, um, you know, the, the, the first Earth Day. Yeah, 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 people were troubled and Star Trek was optimistic. And, you know, they just kind of, I don't say take it for granted. Hmm. Because we've come back full circle to that. I, I, you know, if, if you, you, you look at where people are today, it's hard to convey. And, and there were only three channels. And we've got a lot of genre and we've got tons of, you know, geek. And some of it's fun and some of it's just adventure. It's really hard to, is it hard for you to convey to younger fans exactly this whole, that, that uh, Velma here is talking about in her letter? What that was like in a in a you know in a three channel world and there wasn't anything at all like Star Trek. Well, if I if I go back to my beginnings with Star Trek and yeah. being a little black girl at, in nineteen sixty six and looking up and seeing Miss Nichols on the screen, that was optimistic to me. 
Now, I was born and raised in the South, and to look up and to, to see her on that screen, and she was articulate, and she was with the other people. She was on a, a level with them. She was beautiful, okay? And she was strategically placed, because most of the time when you saw mm-hmm. the captain, you mm-hmm. saw her. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I can, when I try to talk to young people now about, uh, Star Trek was I was in awe, you know. It's 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 kind of regular now, but I was in awe to be eleven year old girl and look up and see this. Now get get this straight. We were colored back then. We're black now, or people. Are, I'm mm-hmm. not a person of color. I'm black. I don't mm-hmm. I don't claim the people person of color. I'm black because it's a separate it's a separate entity. We're all separate entities, but that's was optimism to me. To see, to see her on the screen just pushing buttons with that thing sticking out of her ear. <laughs> you know? And she yeah. was subservient. And they were actually listening to her. I didn't know at 11 years old she was a communications officer. That didn't dawn on me. But I was in awe and optimistic that there was this color lady sitting on the screen and that we would be in the future. You know, mm-hmm. that was the, uh, that's the optimism, optimism I tried to get up to young people then. They don't get it. They, they, they can't imagine it, that, that I was in awe of sitting there looking at this black woman on the screen in 1966. Right. So, well, you had the same reaction that Whoopi did. Right. Yeah. It's that. Oh, look, look. I mean, it yeah. is. It's, it's, it's hard to get that across. Now, it's I, I, I look at maybe discovery. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we're talking about trans and non-binary characters mm-hmm. and that community is so excited to be, rep- we're talking about representation, right? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to, and we think, well, that's kind of a radical, not radical, but that's like an overlooked, overdue aspect. That It's like, fine, guys. Now take that back to just black people, period. Not being a maid, right? Mm-hmm. Much right. less a woman. Right. right. And and Asians, Mr. Sulu, you know, right. you you know, mm-hmm. you didn't see Asians in um, uh, roles like that either. They were bridge crew officers. They were prominent, you know, mm-hmm. and we noticed that. And, you know, the lady that wrote the letter, which was in 71, and there was a big shift from 66 to 71. There was a huge shift. Mm-hmm. You know, but like I would say the shift kind of occurred in 68, 69, when it went, like, you know, right, full circle. So her optimism in the show was pretty good. But my optimism was like, oh, my gosh, we're there. We're in the future. Yeah. And I loved it. Well, so here's I- another aspect of, of generations then and now. And I'm curious to see what you think. Have you and, and you're on the your 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 show? You have younger people than you, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of aspects and viewpoints represented, even among the sisters. But yeah. I've I've enjoyed the last year or two or three, just purely about generations. A lot of younger fans who are enthusiastic, of all different you know backgrounds, persuasions, um, but they want they talking about the original series. Mm-hmm. And they talk about it's hard to, you know, it's like the filter that we look at. Well, hindsight's wonderful. And we can look back at anything from the past. And even something that is so classic 
and hallowed. And obviously it was the trendsetter. It was the foundation for all the Star Trek we have today. We wouldn't have any that we're talking. We wouldn't be talking right now if it wasn't for that original series. And we have a lot of young fans. Some are more critical and some are there. They feel helpless <laughs> to get over the fact that they see it as a 60s show that is slower. And it used to be we'd talk about the special effects being hard for some people, you know, raised on getting all that. But, you know, we had the remastered set, so that's kind of gone away in a way. But just people talking about the slower pace and the way it was 60s, but also some of the themes like, oh, the miniskirts or, you know, misogynistic or Kirk is hitting on a woman and every... I mean, there are some tropes and means that come out that actually make the 60s show hard or maybe at times even impossible, they say, for some of our young... I mean, what do you... When you have you come across that? What do you... What's your reaction to that? Do you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm just too dyed in the wool here for <laughs> having been there? Or what's, how do you, have, has that come up for you? No, um, when I look back on it, you know, like you just said, hindsight, it, it was misogynistic because, you know, the miniskirt. The, and I remember in my, my favorite COS episode is A Journey to Babel, right? Mm -hmm. And I noticed that the honor guard that, they were all men. I'm like, and 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 you see that most of the time the women are there for dress, you know, and sometimes literally and sometimes figuratively. <laughs> so, you know, I, I I noticed things like that. Yeah, it was misogynistic and and all that. However, I also have a thing that people say, well, for the first day it was this and it was that, but also for its day. You need to take a look at it. You mm -hmm. need to take a look at it. You know, it's like, it seemed like the women were just mostly yeoman or she was a scientist, she died or, you know, <laughs> like, you know, so looking back, like hindsight, you know, but it's 1966, it was pretty good to have, even have females in any position of, of but, but, you know, of authority. Mm -hmm. However, they still had to keep their place. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's what I see now. Yeah. Has that come up when, when in your discussions on the show or, or out with fans, just meeting them at clubs and cons and things? Have you, had, have you come across that, a generational difference over? And even the I've even heard fans talk about, you know, the next generation in the deep, the Berman era even starting to. Not seem much seem well seem dated to some people, but even in a way that it's hard. They say it's hard, even though they want to watch the shows and enjoy them. But looking, you know, as the years go by, because it's going to keep happening as the world change. Hopefully for the better, as the world changes, and all these as all these filters that looking at older classic that we loved Star Trek in a different light has that come up for you uh, with conversations with people? Well, I've in I've been in groups. And I'm not afraid to speak my mind when things get, because, you know, <laughs> Kate Mulgrew said something about maybe a year ago, how, how uh, TOS was misogyni misogynistic. Mm -hmm. And I agree with her. It was, you know, and I've been in groups and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm real vocal about, you know, things that took place, the tropes and all the stuff that went, Yeah. It was, but I always come back to the thing, no matter what era it was, it still was, you still need to take a look at it, that it was a screw. It was, you know, it was, it was off, even though it was 1966 or the 80s, you know, because, you know, when they started 
with uh, TNG, they uh, Troy had on a mini uniform shirt. You know, it took her six seasons to get in her actual uniform, <laughs> but uh, you know, she had on the mini skirt, and they even had the guys. I said, well, well what, what, what? Wait a minute, what are they trying to do here? You know, trying to be equal, putting guys in in skirts, and I'm not trying to offend nobody because a guy can wear a skirt. Okay, that's <laughs> not what I'm saying. I'm saying we're talking, yeah, just scant, right? That was supposed right. to be the big deal. It's unisex. Look, it's yes. it's not gendered, right? Yes, yes. But you know, I yeah, I always speak up, and sometimes I'm in the minority, and sometimes I'm not. But I do speak up and let them know how I feel. It's it's no problem with me. And I've gotten some pushback, and I've been in groups all by myself and all that stuff, and. But I do, you know, I, I speak up for my yeah. generation and for the generation back then, which I am yeah. both. So, you know. <laughs> well, I think it's a great voice to have and a position because I've seen that. And I think part of that, but part of that will be just be as the generations assimilate over time, just the same way that the 80s and 90s folks looked at you know, the pendulum swings. I mm. talk about this all the time. And the view of the 60s series has gone back and forth and back and forth. From being classic to being old to being oh retro cool to being you know now we're looking at it again so i think that's just going to come and go but it's great to have a long view so fran thanks for thanks for taking a long view of star trek with us today it's great to have you on welcome my pleasure hey everybody the trek files is produced by roddenberry entertainment now all of our documents and your chance to comment are available at facebook.com the trek files and for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek in Portal 47. That's me at LarryNimacek.com. That's where you can link in for all the new Trek file swag and shirts at our T Public shop, too. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.rottenberry.com.